For years, the Fed held back. And interest rates rose and rose and rose. Welcome to the Married with Children podcast. Kel, collect call for you from Australia. This is Team Australia. Woo. My name is Annabelle and I work hard for the money. My name is Matt and I just got the news that Marcy laid me off from IBM. This is Chris and I'm terrified of public speaking. But don't worry, Dr. Angela has taught me this transference thing. So I will come through. We are reviewing Banking on Marcy, Season 8, Episode 5, first aired October 3rd, 1993. Written by Stacey Lip and directed by Tony Singletary. Marcy tries to overcome her fear of public speaking by fantasizing that she's elsewhere having sex in the bedroom, which is a real treat for the audience. But the only people that are turned off by Marcy's simulated lovemaking skills are an embarrassed Jefferson, a shocked Peggy, and a disgusted Al who's hooked on rap videos. When um, Annabelle first asked me to do this episode, I picked this one because uh, this is a signature Marcy-centric episode and uh, I thought it would be fitting since uh, I operate a Facebook group dedicated to Amanda Bears. And it's been um, going on since 2011. Chris is our special guest today, and he does have a couple of pages on Facebook. But what we don't know is how you got into Married with Children in the first place and how you discovered the podcast. You know, uh, Married with Children, I never watched the show while it was uh, on, a- on air. Steve, what happened was the funny thing was I was a big fan of Futurama. And when I was watching Futurama, one of my one of my colleagues at work told me, you know the chick in Futurama with one eye? She sounds exactly like the woman from Married with Children. It's a piece of a show. And um, I actually then went and sort of uh, did a background check on Leela. She was referring to and realized that, uh, yeah, the Katie Segal, who's in Married with Children, does the voiceover for um, Leela. And uh, that that's just actually the first time I even found out about the show because, uh, you know, I never, I never, I, I mean, I, I grew up in Sri Lanka. So, you know, the chances of me coming across uh, everything was rare. So, so that, that, that was the, how I first discovered it. And, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, well, lucky enough, I actually started uh, watching the series from like the later series, like from series six onwards, instead of the, 
the first series. So I naturally fell in love with the latter series as well. So I'm not one of those guys who, who who's out there saying, yeah, you know, the series died out after the first six seasons. I, I love the late episodes even probably more than the first episodes because of the way I was introduced into the show. Maybe around in... Um, 2016, I decided I wanted to open a Facebook page because at that time there was a, you know, there was a, there was a couple of Married with Children pages uh, around, but a lot of the content that they were sharing were heavily recycled. And so you were sort of seeing the same meme and the same video every day. But what I felt was that this show was perfect for the, you know, the current uh, social media generation because because it has so many uh, standalone moments which you can dissect and turn into viral videos. I felt that I, because I've literally been watching this show so many times and I've, I kind of knew, I just knew it by heart. I thought, uh, you know, I, I could really turn this, uh, all these little, little moments, make them into well, viral videos. So I decided to open a page called Reliving Married with Children, which is mostly which mostly has memes and clips, video clips from the show. So when I started that, that that's how I discovered the Married Children podcast because uh, when Alex first started the Married Children podcast a couple of years ago, he, he came and did a visit post on my page telling me we have such and such a podcast now and we have such a group. And that's just how I got into the whole Married with Children podcast community. Nice. I like your page, Chris, because you upload a lot of videos, which I'm sort of scared to do on my page. We don't know. In future, things might change if they, you know, if they, if they pick up the show again and if there's a reboot or something like that, maybe then the studios might, uh, you know, have an interest in uh, the old intellectual property. But right now, it, it hasn't been an issue. So I'll just keep going, I guess. Keep it up. Sunday. What's that one called? called Pump That Rump. Al Bundy goes rap. Woo! There it is! On an all-new Married with Children. Then, what happens when old loudmouth... Give me a pink squirrel. With or without the tail. Meets old blue eyes. Stay away from my wife. Daddy Dearest. An all-new episode after Married with Children Sunday. And that's how the episode starts. Al is watching rap videos. And he's really appreciating the visuals, isn't he? And the rump. Yes, because he's watching them silently. Why are you watching TV with the sound off? It's the new rap channel, Peg. You know, I hate this stuff when I hear it on the radio, but now that I see it, I can appreciate its profound statement. <laughs> well, what's that one called? It's called Pump That Rump. <laughs> I'm really into it. If history teaches us anything, you'll be out of it in seven seconds. <laughs> I found it rather weird that uh, they, they have this face of Al being interested in rap and hip hop, but uh, they never made the connection between uh, you know Al and Bud because Bud was uh, Grandmaster B and he was so interested in this genre. But uh, when we finally got a moment where Al was also interested in rap, the, the show didn't actually make that whole um, connection between Al and Bud, which I thought was a bit weird. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Well, Bud is barely in the episode, really. He has a, a fleeting scene, as does Kelly. Could be just a continuity thing. Sometimes Married Children does do that. Certain storylines, they don't tie them up uh, and make the best of it. Yeah. 
So what did you think about Al's sudden interest in rap videos? <laughs> Honestly, um, well, about this, given, given rap was getting more popular at the time, and um, you know, I mean, maybe Al thought, um, well, um, Bud tried this uh, two years ago. I mean, on another note, I think Bud was still haunted by the failure of Bedwetter B, so he probably couldn't be bothered um, bringing it up to Dad. Grandfather B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was the Burgermeister. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> Anyway, I think Al was probably thinking, um, he, he probably just channel surfed one day, you know, came across, oh, that Heidi looks nice, and even though he probably couldn't stand the music, because as you know, we all know Al loves his 50s and 60s music, um, mm-hmm. I honestly think Al thought, eh, I'll, ch- I'll watch this, even if I can't stand the music, I love the visuals. Yo, video channel? <laughs> yeah, do you take requests? <laughs> I'd like rump shaker, gangster booty, and put more ass on that last. My age? Um, I'm, I'm 15. I need parental permission? Just a minute, please. Tell him it's okay. It's okay. He's over 40. <laughs> That whole scene where he calls the video channel, it's such a meme. It's turned into such a popular meme. I I saw it recently in a couple of Facebook groups where, you know, they turned that whole thing into like a meme and it it was just hilarious. Yeah, this is an era when cable TV has really taken off. I mean, you have you had MTV since 81 and HBO since the 80s as well. But this is sort of when cable was really coming into the mainstream. So according to one of our American friends. Uh, At first in the 80s, you had a cable box per channel for MTV or HBO. Then you had a cable box with, say, 30 channels. So by 1993 or so, you had a few hundred channels as part of a cable subscription. Yeah. And us poor Australians had no cable, not until 1995. Yeah. (laughs) We we had a a satellite back uh, in the... uh, Yeah, in 1995, while I was living in the the Middle East, they introduced satellite TV, but unfortunately, Magic Children just wasn't there. Oh, no. I had MTV, so yeah, the rap was big. Kelly comes in for her scene. I made an appearance as the Verminator at this elementary school, right? She's still verminating or verminatoring. Now, I've got enough poison strapped to my back to dust an entire rainforest, and they want to know why I'm carrying a toenail clipper. <laughs> then there's the pat-down. First by the principal, then by the school nurse, then again by the principal while the school nurse watched. I like this, you know, the setup make it sound like it was a public school. You know, I'm telling you, that is the last time I appear at a Catholic school. <laughs> Oh, I do like jokes like that. And I do love those star earrings on Kelly when she walks in. I'm, I couldn't have noticed those. They should have turned the Verminator into a superhero. I mean, uh, the outfit, she, she could have given the Supergirl a good run. Yeah! And uh, I don't know if Annabelle knows this, but speaking of the name Verminator, there used to be a racehorse by that name uh, that competed in the Melbourne Cup a few years back. Oh, I saw it somewhere, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a good horse, but I, I I bet on that horse a couple of times for Melbourne Cup simply because it had Kelly's uh, name on it. <laughs> like our wagering on Dr. Footwear. <laughs> All right, so then Marcy comes in and she has a dilemma. Guess what happened at the bank today? A hold up man gave you his mask to wear. We get a reference to Steel Magnolias. 
Here, watch this. Steel magnolias. What's Boris Karloff doing in a dress? That's Shirley MacLaine, you bako bit. <laughs> Shirley MacLaine is still alive. But yeah, Steel Magnolias is a 1989 American comedy drama. It's a film adaptation of the 1987 play of the same name. And the film and the play are about the bond of a group of women who share a small town southern community and how they cope with the death of one of their own. You'll remember in um, season six and Just Stewart when Al is forced to watch Steel Magnolias when Buck steps on the remote and he thinks it was accidental. But Buck says, Accident my ass. <laughs> I believe the bank is facing a few cuts. Al would rather um, the higher-ups be cut, not the tellers. How 1993 that people actually, you know, still had to go walk into a bank to get, get money out to put, or put it in. Those wombless weasels at the bank want me to be the speaker at the next shareholders meeting. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? No, not when you have to tell them the bank's in trouble. How much trouble? We backed Last Action Hero. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Thanks. You know, I've never seen this film. I was Arnold crazy at the time. I mean, like most of us were, you know, I've seen the, most of his movies leading up to that point. But, and this, this was such a heavily anticipated movie, but uh, unfortunately just turned out to be such a flop. But to, to tell you how, how much anticipation this movie had, I remember there was a NASA rocket. that We, we are talking about like a real NASA rocket. They had the last action hero um, logo, you know, painted on the fuselage and everything, and they put it up in space, and it was just such a big deal. But then, and it turned out to be such a huge disappointment. So I can understand <laughs> how Marcy, you know, when they, when they mentioned that her bank invested on this movie, they're clearly referencing this uh, to how much, uh, you know, they were banking on the success of this movie. And it just turned out to be a huge financial disaster for everybody. I haven't seen it. Well, for those who don't know, Last Action Hero is, as you say, an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. It's a 1993 American fantasy action comedy film directed and produced by John McTiernan. It is a satire of the action genre containing several parodies of action films in the form of films within the film. So it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Los Angeles police detective and Austin O'Brien co-stars as a boy magically transported into the universe. And Charles Dance, who is Tywin Lannister on Game of Thrones, is a ruthless assassin who escapes to the real world. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, I, I've actually got an Associated Press article from that time that said that Columbia will promote Last Action Hero, a movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger with a spot on the fuselage of the 52-foot rocket, said Space Marketing Inc. of Roswell, one of the companies involved in an um, unusual alliance between the space program and the private industry. <laughs> so um, apparently they spent $500,000 to paint Last Action Hero on the side of this rocket. Wow. No way. Yeah, the film was both a critical and a commercial disappointment during its initial release, and it did open a week after Jurassic Park. So, And it's since become a bit of a cult film amongst fans and critics. Yeah, that's typical. That happens sometimes. <laughs> I love the audience. It's like, oh. <laughs> Marcy, why are you here? 
I wanted to talk to Peggy privately. No, no, why here on Earth? <laughs> Marcy is terrified of speaking in public. It all started with a terrible childhood incident. This isn't your Uncle No Pocket story, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, I love Marcy's stories, like her insanity and her weirdness. <laughs> yeah, she's got a bit of a dark past, hasn't she? Yeah. Mom who likes to perv on her husband, a chain-smoking mom, and, <laughs> and yeah, you, you hear all kinds of stuff about her past. She always drifts into one of those childhood stories. I was right in the middle of my speech. When I looked down and saw the biggest, ugliest cockroach which ever spewed from the bowels of the earth crawling up my little leg. (laughs) Well, I screamed like a lunch whistle and ran around the room tearing off my dress, revealing my hey, hey, we're the monkey's panties to the entire room. (laughs) There's a reference to the monkeys in there. You guys should know who the monkeys are, right? Definitely. Uh, um... I've heard of them, yeah. All right, good. It just scares me that there's people out there who probably don't know what we're talking about. That's the monkeys' song. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And the boys all asked if Davy could come out and play um, after she, after Marcy saw that cockroach and screamed whilst reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. In um, Dinner with Anthrax in season six, you know, when Marcy says, I like the shy one. Which one of you is the shy one? <laughs> so someone has got a thing for the monkeys. <laughs> just a little. Also, she said she was on a bus field trip. But my notes here say that a field trip from Chicago to Mount Rushmore would take about 14 hours. It's, it's funny because since Mount Rushmore has been in the news lately, I'm sure Marcy would have uh, been of some service today if she were to have sabotage to the brakes of a vehicle heading to Mount Rushmore. I was thinking while watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, Peggy knows who can help Marcy with her problem, Dr. Angela. And apparently she has quite an informative car repair show too. Radio shows were very popular around this time. I mean, this is the year that Frasier started. Nowadays, people would be just, just be doing it online, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. Peggy, I just got off the phone with Dr. Angela. She was a great help. Pig. Here. Watch this. Fried green tomatoes. <laughs> well, what's Mel Torme doing in a dress? <laughs> That's Kathy Bates, you potted plant. <laughs> <laughs> Cat bits with fine butt. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> the Fried Green Tomatoes is a an American comedy film from 1991, and it's based on the novel Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe by Fanny Flagg, and it stars Kathy Bates, Jessica Tandy, Mary Stewart Masterson, and Mary Louise Parker. And it tells the story of a Depression-era relationship between two women and a 1980s friendship between a middle-aged housewife and an elderly woman. So this is another female-heavy film. Mary Louise Parker from The Weeds? Yeah. She still looks fine, but uh, I'm not sure sure about Kathy Bates, though, because uh, I did check her up when they mentioned that she has a fine butt, but uh, as (laughs) I can see, it must have been a very long time ago. (laughs) Well, I love her as an actress, but uh, if you've seen Bad Santa 2... Oh. oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I haven't. Seen, I've seen one. I've seen one as well. Oh, I was told to watch two, and I did. And Kathy Bates is in that, and yeah, I would suggest you watch it. Perhaps this Christmas I will. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And Mel Torme. I don't know if people are going to know who Mel Torme is, but ah, he's nicknamed the Velvet Fog, and he was an American musician, singer, arranger, actor, 
and he composed the music for the Christmas song, you know, the chestnuts roasting on an open fire song, which we will hear a little bit more about later this season. And he co-wrote those lyrics too. Since passed away in the late 90s and was also a favourite of um, not a married to children character, but the character, lead character of another sitcom. Um, Judge Harry T. Stone from Night Court was obsessed with him. I told her about my fear of speaking in public, so she asked, is there any time I'm not afraid of speaking? And I said, why, yes. During sex, I talk, yell, scream. Hey, excuse me. <laughs> you know, I'm planning on having dinner later. <laughs> Transference is a theoretical phenomenon characterized by unconscious redirection or projection of the feelings a person has about their parents, for example, onto a therapist. It usually concerns feelings from a primary relationship during childhood. At times, this projection can be considered inappropriate. And transference was first described by Sigmund Freud, who considered it an important part of psychoanalytic treatment. But yes, Al Bundy would be very grateful not to say the whole Mel Tremaine address remark to Judge Harry T. Stone. So it's a real fear, are we It is a real thing, yes. And another fun fact is, is that Harry Anderson, who played um, Judge Stone, was actually a major Mel Torme fan in real life, to the point where he actually did the eulogy at Torme's funeral in, in the late 90s. There you go. And now, delivering the uh, emergency State of the Bank address, Vice President in charge of uh, something or other, Miss Marcy Darcy. We still don't know what her job title is, really. I really like the top she's wearing for some reason. I, it's kind of weird, but it has a, you know, the black pattern on it. It, it sort of makes it look a bit Eastern, which, uh, but okay. uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought she looked very smart. Yeah, she did. And Chris, what do you think of her hair this season? Because I don't know what's going on with her hair this season. <laughs> I think, I don't know either. It, it kind of looks something from yesteryear, but. Um, it, <laughs> yes, the magician con man. <laughs> I think they do want to make her look a little bit uh, psychotic by this stage. Uh, just, <laughs> And I think this hair is sort of perfect for that. I'm here to report some bad news. Because of some unfortunate investments, the bank is being forced to downsize. But the good news is, all indications suggest that the terrible economy is going to get bedroom, butter, better. As you can see, when the Federal Reserve Board eases restrictions, interest rates fall. But when it tightens, Interest rates rise. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. oh man. Is this Amanda Burse's shining moment? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this is one of those uh, things. I think this is one of the first videos I ever shared when I created my Facebook group. <laughs> How could you not? It's a classic moment. Jefferson, have you ever seen Marcy do this before? Not in public. (laughs) 
Unless you count the Skyway at Disneyland. You mean that she's about to have... Big time. Uh, it, it must be that transference thing that Dr. Angela told her about. I just hope she's near the end of her speech. Uh. I guess not. Then, when the rates rose as high as they possibly could, and the economy could take no more, suddenly the Fed began pumping in money faster and faster. She just does it so well, and it's completely believable, which is scary, but it's just awesome. Just the way she's talking about finance or thinking of the bedroom, in love with the Federal Reserve, and then some. Yeah, the kind of stuff she's talking about, the Federal Reserve, is, is the kind of stuff you hear a lot nowadays, you know, in in, in news. And also the way, um, I, I like the way she finally screams, Oh, Jefferson, oh, Steve, oh, Jamal. I, I don't know who, who she was even referring to, Jamal could be like the Jamal Mashburn, the basketball player. I'm not sure. And then, then afterwards, as soon as she, she does that, she immediately snaps out of it. She, she realizes what's going on and then she snaps out of it and then she quickly picks up the bundle of pages and then she tidies it all up. It's very cartoonish, but it's so perfect. She pulls it off brilliantly. I was going to ask you about that, Jamal. I mean... It's nice that we got a Steve call out, but also Jamal. I mean, nobody knows who she's referring to. We we figured it was probably a basketball player or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a name that instantly makes you think of a black athlete. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, or a, a porn star. And I misheard the name is Jamon. <laughs> or, or a porn star because uh, I think, she, didn't she, um, I, I'm not too sure. Uh, I think a while back she uh, was uh, screaming out for Mandingo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and she likes George Foreman. Foreman and Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Disturbingly kinky, the Skyway at Disneyland. <laughs> the Skyway was a, a gondola lift attraction at Disneyland, at the Magic Kingdom and at Tokyo Disneyland. All versions of this attraction took riders back and forth between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. The route from Tomorrowland was called Skyway to Fantasyland. I noticed that Al has a plate of Weenie Tots too, uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, he's got like a portable television. Uh, he does. Uh, it should have been quite an expensive device at the time. Where, where did he get that from? Well, I love this scene actually, because it's basically a proto-smartphone. Um, Al, as we know, tends to have money hidden away every now and then. That surely he must be able to spend some of it every now and then without Peggy, Kelly or Bud finding out. And I also love the Weenie Tots callback from season five. We need to lovers and other strangers. There's a product in Australia, I think it's called uh, Puffy Dogs, which is very similar to Wheelie Tots. It's, uh, it's just got, and I always buy it because uh, Al buys it and it's delicious. I've seen them at Woolies, but I've never bought them, so. Yeah, I've, I've had them myself, yeah. I'll definitely give them a try. Yeah, 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 give it a go. <laughs> I hope this news was as good for you as it was for me. <laughs> 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 she absolutely kills it just the way she um, 
she she hits the climax and then she just she has a cigarette in her hand and then she suddenly looks around and then she just picks up those papers you know the notes and just uh, <laughs> it's just like oh yeah there's nothing to see here <laughs> and you, yeah and you don't even question where that cigarette came from you just you know she has it of course i mean who cares let's go with it it completely works but yeah that's definitely going to be her greatest scene in this entire show I was watching that scene and as soon as she uh, said oh Jefferson oh Steve oh Jamal you could see the look on Al's face they just sort of it's sort of like a paused moment and I was like I got to make a meme out of that I love that shot if you look at Al he's absolutely horrified if you look at Peg she's kind of captivated almost and if you look at Jefferson he's just humiliated basically so that's a really great shot of the three of them there so after that in the second act of the show, Marcy's a bit embarrassed. She's got the bag over her head. With no holes? No. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she really does want to die. It happened. <laughs> it could have happened to anyone. Well, it couldn't have happened to me. <laughs> well, it could, but we can't afford the pony rides anymore. <laughs> So does Peg need to ride around on a horse in order to have an orgasm? Um, yes, actually, there, there's more references to it. I, there was one episode where Kelly brings home a motorbike. I don't know um, mm. which season it is. And then she, uh, uh, she falls in love, love with it. And she later on takes it, uh, the, takes the leftovers of the bike with her downstairs. So, yeah, she has a thing for toys anyways, you know, things that vibrate, as we know, throughout the show. Indeed. Yeah, that's an episode I find funnier after you've watched the entirety of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they made a meme out of that, too. Remember how Al's on the motorbike, you know, and uh, before Ray, uh, I, I, I tapped her before Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that around a few times now. I'm a businesswoman. We're not allowed to go flopping around on the floor like a mud skipper. <laughs> At the very least, it's considered unprofessional. Now, mudskippers, they're a kind of a fish. They're an amphibious fish, and they're known for their unusual looks and the interesting abilities that they possess for being a fish that they can survive both in and out of water. That's a pretty awesome fish. And then Peg mentions hee-haw, and hee-haw's been mentioned before in It's a Wonderful Life with Sam Kinison. Well, and also she's from the Vancouver County, right? So, which is sort of like a... a bit backward. <laughs> yeah, yes. the hee-haw people anyway. Oh, I've got things to add about her bad news when he gets to the newspaper headlines coming up. We get a montage with Married Children's old favourite song, She Works Hard for the Money. I wonder if there was any references to the, that montage, you know, how IBM lays off people with the... Uh, I, I'm just wondering because, the, you know, the show likes to do a lot of references to the, the contemporary uh, news events and all. The, it would be interesting to know if, if those things actually happened at that time. Well, we've got No More Military or IBM, 21 Gun Salute from the military. Boom, 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 boom. Hang on, did Venus hit Earth? Hang on, how are the Bundys and Marcy and Jefferson still alive if Venus hit Earth? Oh, I don't wait. know, but they're yelling for Encore. Hey, yeah! And um, CBS apparently is really in the toilet in 1993, which um, I'm not sure exactly the top of my he- head where the networks were in 93, but CBS did have better days in the past. They obviously must have really gone down since All in the Family and the Jigsaw Hazard and the Andy Griffith Show all ended. 
Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, CBS, uh, they would have had their, their heyday in the 70s. I mean, they started off with I Love Lucy going all the way through to 50s, 60s and 70s. And then these other networks came along with better shows. Yeah, they had some ownership issues, right? I, if, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Insider, which was about uh, a whistleblower. And uh, I know that uh, those were based on real life events and CBS ownership was under a lot of threat at the time. I think um, their owner was wanted to sell CBS as well and he didn't want this 60-minute story to get out um, because of that, uh, you know, to keep the company value up because they, they were facing a lot of liability. So I, I, I'm pretty sure that CBS had a lot of issues back in the ni- 90s there, yeah, around that time. I would definitely say you're right there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, she works hard for the money. We, we've had that a couple of times in the show, and you'll hear it again in about six episodes' time. So they do like that song. Probably like their second favourite song after Bad to the Bone and uh, Chariots of Fire music. And uh, There's a few, mus- few, few tunes you often hear in the show throughout the series. Don't forget Tough Enough. Oh, yeah. And they're all good songs. They are. They had a good soundtrack this whole show, really. It did. While we are talking about music, there was another song that Al was watching on TV. It was the, whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. And that was referenced at the start of this season in Atiska Atiska Can Peggy Make a Basket? That's another uh, song they seem to have liked this season. And it was released that year, just back in May, so at the very end of season seven. So obviously they would have taken notice of the song um, after they finished um, taping season seven in April of that year. And I thought, hmm, this sounds pretty good. Um, we can get a bit of mileage out of this. And they did. Woo! There it is! <laughs> and of course, poor Al was traumatized and he's still watching his videos half the time by all of this. He's still traumatized by everything. Yeah, Al is now the one with the problem. It doesn't work anymore, Peg. <laughs> what doesn't work? It. <laughs> it hasn't worked since the afternoon I saw Marcy do that horrible thing at the bank meeting. <laughs> Marcy killed it, Peg. <laughs> you made it sick, but Marcy killed it. You made it sick, but Martha killed it. <laughs> it's brilliant. Al is even concerned. He says, well, what will you do, Peg? Oh, I'll be okay. I'll just keep going and going <laughs> It's still going. Oi. Like an Energizer battery bunny. On and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Bud comes in. At this point, were you thinking... Did you even notice that Bud wasn't in the episode until now, or it just doesn't matter? Oh, but yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't really think about Bud to be honest, because I was obviously um, too focused on the whole um, Marcy giving her speeches and the like. So I didn't really think where's Bud until I actually came in, and uh, obviously just eager for the Mrs. Darcy report. So. Uh... Oh, I, I didn't notice it. Yeah, but which is why I would say which is weird because, uh, yeah, Bud just comes in for this scene to say that. Uh, they, you know, that he's looking forward to Mrs. R- Mrs. Darcy uh, announcing the news to them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it would have been good if Al and Bud could have bonded over this uh, this uh, Al's face with uh, rap music. I, I mean, yeah, like we said before, it's a bit of a missed opportunity. And by this stage in the episode, Al has given up on his rap video interest, so because it's not working anymore. Yeah, I didn't really think where he was. No, neither did I. Um, I'm 
I don't know if I should be ashamed to say that, but yeah, it's it's it doesn't matter because this is Marcy's episode. So yeah, Bud comes in and he even has a date. You do not wish to see this woman in the throes of passion. Please believe me. It's killed before. It will kill again. Sorry, Dad, but I got a pack of condoms and a girl who thinks Urkel's sexy. I'm going. By this time, Bud's turned out to be a pretty good-looking guy, hasn't he? He's become... Um, he, he, he looks very different to the previous season. If you look at him now, he's sort of slender and uh, looks a lot manlier. And uh, last year, he, he last, uh, last season, he looked more like, you know, the one we most remember him for, the, the chubby teenage kid. I've often thought that he grew up into a really good-looking young guy from about, yeah, from this season onwards, a sort of... Yeah, when he grew the beard and the, in season 10 is when I think Bud looks his hottest. But we'll get to that when we cover that in season 10. So what do you think of Marcy's outfit when she comes in? She's wearing what looks like a blossom hat. Yeah, I think, yeah, it is, it is definitely something that, I, I, you know, like in the old movies and stuff uh, that from the Mary Poppins era. So, I mean, it, it, it's a cute little outfit from Eustace. I'm assuming that the idea is that she's some kind of a very old-fashioned proper lady who will suddenly just, you know, go on stage and have an orgasm. It's a whole, uh, you know, the, the as Asha says, we want a lady in the street but a freak in the bed kind of angle they're going for here. Yes. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, Marcy's long had a, a thing for um old fashions. I mean, in the early episodes, she's got kind of got that Doris Day look with her hair in particular. So nothing, yeah, nothing really new for Marcy, but she she hooks off these retro looks very well um throughout the series. She does, and she's got this air of confidence about her now because she's making some good coin, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Peggy also wears the leopard uh, design. I think she has a couple of outfits in this season with that design uh, uh, in this uh, episode as well. So, oh yeah, that I black think, and white leopard. Number. Yeah, she, she she wears it. Uh, she wears two different tops. You can see the she wears the usual one, the black yep. um, black the one with the you know the the black and white one. But in the later uh, for the speech, she wears uh, much more of a very glowing, nice one with. Uh, with also bracelets to match it, I think, uh, or bangles to match match the design as well. So, yeah, this episode they pretty much go all 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 in with the whole leopard thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad you it's, it's, you notice things like that because yeah. I do too. <laughs> yeah. I'm always fascinated by like, Peggy. Like she's always very coordinated, despite what you think about her outfits and whatever. She's always she always looks good in a, in her own way. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually saw her recently. Um, not so. I, 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 my kids like this TV cartoon called Regular Show, and uh, she, she actually ah, plays yes. a character in that as well. Like uh, she plays Mordecai's mom in that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I heard, I heard her on one episode. I don't watch it, but I saw it because yeah. of her. So yeah, and it's cool that you found her. Well, you found the show through Futurama because I found Futurama through the show through <laughs> her. So okay. I watched Futurama when it first premiered, and. Uh, because she was in it, and I just love the show on its own merits. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say one more thing. Uh, so um, when Jeff- Jefferson mentions um, to Marcy towards the end that he has needs and he doesn't want to stoop um, to the level of the Bundys, notably, Sans Kelly. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that because obviously um, Kelly's the most successful in that regard, so to speak. So um, he, he, Jefferson clearly makes a distinction between her and Bud and Peg and Al. Yeah, well spotted. 
And privacy me talking in privacy means being around Owl like he's thin air and nothing. I'm going to assume that you agree with me that this has got to be the second best scene in the episode. <laughs> yes, the, the Al's impressions are just priceless. Now, what's bothering you? You've been having such a good time on stage. You've forgotten about us. Oh, sugar tush. I always think about you when I'm up there. But it's, it's, it's not the same. Marcy, I miss our rodeo nights. Yeah, this is another one of my early videos to, uh, for the group, to be honest. This whole dialogue between Jefferson and uh, Marcy while Al is sort of, you know, they, they're sort of pretending that Al doesn't exist. <laughs> I have been neglecting my little fluff bunny. Ah, look, Marcy, your speeches are your career. You're making good money. I shouldn't stand in your way. I'll just go home and... Dream of you totally naked. <laughs> Swarming all over me. I've got a better idea. Before I go to the college tonight, how about we go home and I give you your own private little speech? <laughs> These two, oh, they're just spinning some great lines one after the other and they're completely selling it and they just they don't take their eyes off each other it's and we're listening to what they're saying but we're watching Al and it all works just so beautifully uh, speaking of our Al um, wh- one thing I-, I also love about this episode is the um, ba- bad advice he gives to Bud which is be yourself people will like you but I wonder what Al's good advice is then yeah We've seen him give them some terrible advice over the years. Oh, we have. This is actually one of his better ones, to be honest. <laughs> Marcy starts um, quoting from Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Talk to me. Four score and seven years ago. Oh, yes. Our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation. Emancipate me. Set me free. <laughs> Because this is not the first time, though. Remember, um, there was an episode where, where Jefferson was dressed up like uh, Abraham Lincoln and uh, in the nudie bar, and uh, he, uh, you, that, that's the one where the Rocky Mountains. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, next season. Yeah. And yeah, he. Oh yeah, so uh, yep. So and uh, he, uh, his beard sort of stands up <laughs> when things get hot. So. <laughs> oh yeah, because at the end, Marcy says, "Oh, Mr. Lincoln." <laughs> But yeah, that's that's in season nine. It's called The Naked and the Dead, but mostly The Naked. <laughs> and then the episode just sort of ends, doesn't it? It's weird that it takes that turn in the end because I, I didn't know why. Uh, we can see Marcy talking to um, Peggy and she says that uh, Dr. Angela uh, fixed the problem, but uh, I'm, I'm not too sure what was needed why why it needed to be fixed because I thought that Marcy and Jefferson sort of agreed that you know she will still continue doing what she does uh, yeah, as long as she also gives uh, you know prioritizes Jefferson so I'm not too sure why it took the twist it did right there at the end. I don't either because you know I think Jefferson would like the extra money that's coming in. Yeah, you think? Yeah, and yeah, it just it's just a scene where Peg just. Um, you know, it's just exposition. So, 
Yeah, Dr. Angela reversed the procedure. Yes. And that's it, basically. I mean, we get Al on the radio. It's just... Uh, like, yeah, Landy. Yeah. <laughs> there's clearly not <laughs> enough time left in the episode. So Did I you think... understand what he was asking, Dr. Angela? It didn't make any sense to me what he was... Uh... Ah. Well, he was speaking pig Latin. And I'm having a little bubble tray with my enus pay. <laughs> I have a little bubble tray with my enus pay. His pay. So he's having a little trouble with his penis. Ah, uh, 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 got it, got it. Yeah. yeah so. so you can look up Pig Latin. I mean, no, I, don't, I haven't heard Pig Latin for quite a while. How about you, Matt? Oh, I was thinking that because obviously, I mean, uh, I recognised Pig Latin instantly. I thought, Al, you're doing a terrible job on the line with Dr. Angela. Everyone can realise what you're having problems with. Just give up. <laughs> On the loser line. <laughs> he doesn't even disguise his voice. He just says, my name is... Sal Undy. <laughs> yeah. Fail. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I will, um, that's a quote I want to add to uh, the other Facebook page I've got. Actually, yes, I didn't mention that. I, I have a Facebook page called Same Photo of Al Bundy Every Day, where... <laughs> I usually, yeah, it's an idea I got from this uh, other Facebook page that's been going around for a while called the same photo of Jeff Goldblum every day. But that's a really big page. It is got thousands. It is it, it, it's a daily page with thousands of likes and comments and stuff. But so I got that idea. Well, I, I can do that for Albandi as well, except I'll add a quote. So I sort of kept my end of the deal. I, I, I every day at the same time I would post uh, the same photo of Albandi, but I'd add a quote, different quote every day. So. So I'm thinking that this particular Salandi quote, I haven't heard it before, so I'm just going to add that to the collection. Wow, that's dedication. Yes, mega dedication. Yeah. No, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Alright, so how many orgasmic speeches are you going to give for this episode matt okay well oh, oh i'm having oh uh, i think oh, whoa four, i'm having four orgasmic speeches for this episode um well i mean it, it's it's definitely up there um it's one, one of marcy's finest hours the, the cultural references really make it for me just the um the amount of things the speeches marcy makes um as i mentioned cbs venus hitting the earth bud just really have continuing his crush on Marcy and is like, make a, make a speech on university! And of course, just uh, even Al's um, at the very end where he can't even conceal his um, um, erect- erection problems. <laughs> nice. So how many orgasmic speeches are you going to give this episode, Chris? Oh, well, I was, I was, thinking, the, I was thinking the same as Matt, but then uh, more I think about it, you know, uh, more I pump and pump and pump it just began to rise and rise and rise and so I'm I'm going to give it four and a half out of five 
and uh, and and I think the I actually wanted to give this a five out of five because it, it is uh, it 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 has uh, two of the greatest moments in the show, and it it is also a very um, special episode to me because uh, you know because it's 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 one of those episodes probably Mars's greatest moment, but it's I I just think that the two moments in this show, which is the yeah you know, Mars's speech, which is it's just outstanding one of the greatest moments in in the show and and also the second one where you know Marcy and Jefferson are having this intimate moment with Al sort of stuck in the middle the, the, those two are priceless I, th- I think that alone makes this episode so iconic uh, uh, in, in every way but uh, the, the reason why I'm going to take uh, half out of this episode is because I think they could have done more to Born Grandmaster B and uh, Al uh, I- with this new uh, uh, obsession he's developed on rap, but uh, but they they kind of missed on that and they, they, there is just a few other loose ends. But overall, I, I think he, this is a solid four and a half. All right, all right. I'm a little torn because I want to give it five as well. And I'm not sure if I could should give it four and a half or five, because <laughs> uh, Chris, I completely agree with everything you're saying, and I think it's it's Marcy's most classic episode. There are two oh, yes. very very good scenes, which are the best in the entire series in this episode. It's but this is the only title that has the word has the name Marcy in it, and it's probably Marcy's shining moment, as I've said before. Um, Amanda Burst completely kills that scene. It is probably going to be in any compilation uh, film reel when she passes away. Please let that not be for a long time. I'd love to see someone delivering a eulogy one day and and then, you know, it's kind of having a climax. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome, yeah. <laughs> but she she's a boss for doing all those for doing that scene. She completely sells it. It's very believable. Uh I think I will have to go with four point five because it does fizzle out at the end. There's no real resolution except for a couple of lines of dialogue. And Al's subplot is a bit wasted a little bit. No, I think waste is the wrong word, but it's fun. It's funny, but other than that, he has nothing to do really so they had to create something for him and then Marcy comes along and ruins it all for him of course but um, it, uh, I, I wasn't in love with his storyline uh, so yeah I will go four and a half but I really want to give it like a 4.9 out of five take a book from Harry Potter take a leaf from Harry Potter give it four and three quarters all right four and three quarters if we're doing three quarters now all right I said I was going and I'm going but let me tell you something I'm not going to just disappear You'll see me again. Wherever a fat woman shoves a smelly foot in front of some poor guy's face, I'll be there. And now, the last word on this episode. Calling in from his two-thirds acre retirement property on Lake Chickamacomico that the government hasn't yet padlocked, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the creator and executive producer of the Married with Children podcast, Mr. Alex Edwards. A guy
got him. I got him. Ugh. I let Blinky get away again. Yeah, I'm fishing on Lake Chickamacamago. Almost caught a three-eyed fish for dinner. <sighs> Maybe next time. For now, let's talk about banking on Marcy. I'm gonna forget that Al's in a purple shirt here, because why would I focus on any negatives in such a, an amazing episode? Al watching the rap channel pump that rump. So memorable, you know, for something so dumb. For something that took place in an episode that has such a major main story, the, an unforgettable main story. I gotta say, Al's watching these rap videos and these chicks dancing really crept into the memory there. I mean, I don't know how he was able to be so memorable in something that should have completely overshadowed him. So that says a lot for Al. It's hilarious that Marcy's bank financed Last Action Hero. I mean, that is hilarious. Don't give up on them yet. We haven't released it in Zimbabwe yet. You never know. Hearing about Marcy's traumatic experience, which led to her being a mass murderer? Marcy cut the brakes on a school bus? What the hell? So she's a murderer, right? <laughs> Are we just going to gloss over this? Al's classic dad dancing? Man, Jamie would have loved that during, what was it, Rump Shaker, Gangsta Booty, or was it uh, Put More Ass on That Last? I don't know which song he was dancing like that to, but he wanted it. He wanted it on again. He was requesting that thing be played again. And him running around this portable TV during Marcy's speech at a plate of weenie tots. I mean, how cool is that? And they didn't evaporate when they touched the air. That was pretty amazing. Marcy's speech is the thing that legends are made of. Al's face, Peg's face, Jefferson's reactions. Marcy yelling out, Jefferson, oh Steve, oh Jamal, or something. I don't know what the last name was. Everybody was laughing by then. Why didn't she scream out George Foreman? Isn't that who she fantasizes about, or is that Peg? Marcy gets a raise and $5,000 a pop, no pun intended, for these bad news speeches she has to give out. Al's Enos pay not working anymore because Peg made it sick and Marcy killed it. <laughs> Marcy and Jefferson say, I'm gonna, let's go somewhere private to talk about this, and they both sit on either side of Al and get so close up that only his head could fit between the two of them. Like, that is, and that stuck out in my memory, too. Like, very memorable stuff here, very strong writing. This is one of my favorite episodes ever. I give this a 4.5 out of 5. That's Al, folks! See, Amanda Bears, is she, the, the reason why I even first created the group uh, dedicating to her was because she was one of those characters that, you know, as a big fan of Elle, you, you always have to look at her as sort of the villain in the show because she, she's the typical character mm -hmm. that comes in and ruins everything. And, and you, you, you love her because she's just so brilliant, but you also kind of hate, hate her because she is the, you know, she, she is the main villain. And I, I wanted to, that, that, that's why I actually, for me, it was sort of, I created the group just, just to make peace with that fact, <laughs> you know, that, because she sort of triggers me at time to time. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to dedicate a group to her in, in that way. I can sort of, you know, maybe, uh, you know, learn to like her over time. And it just would, I, I just, uh, be a good sport about it. So that that's uh, actually originally that's why I created the group because I, 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 I like her, but at the same time she annoys me, you know, because of the <laughs> character she plays and it's just like, 
So yeah. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I'm just going to go to bed with the enemy. <laughs> nice. Fair enough. And that's pretty much why when Annabelle said, uh, you know, which episode you want to pick for this season, I'm just going to go with this one because uh, it, it is about Marcia and it is, you know, relevant to a lot of what I share on Facebook. Well, you run an amazing group, Chris. <laughs> it's, it's not actually there. To be honest, it's as barren as Marcy. <laughs> 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 because, uh, yeah, you know, it's been there for a long time, but it, there isn't much activity going on there. So hopefully... Uh, all the people who are listening to uh, who listen to this podcast who listen to this episode will uh, you know come over and show us some love <laughs> nice well this has been pretty good for our first group Australian podcast yeah and yeah. you'll hear a couple of us here and there in the rest of the season we are Team Australia obviously I'm so glad you invited me because uh, I had a lot of fun because uh, mostly because, you know, it, I, I live and breathe this show a lot. You know, a lot of what I talk about, even even when uh, in my day to day vocabulary, you often see, <laughs> you know, t- like uh, catchphrases from the show. It's definitely a dream come true. Yeah, great talk. Great, great having you on there, Chris. Um, yeah, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, working with you in the, in the future as well. Chris used to be on the research team a little while ago. Um, yes, he runs pages on Facebook, so I knew he would probably like to at least be invited on. He can, Of course, he can say, no, go away, I don't want to be on a podcast. But So if there's anybody else out there who would like to join us or Luigi or Steven or Tyler on a future podcast, please let us know on the podcast group. That's the Married with Children podcast on Facebook. Keep following us on YouTube and tune in next time when the Married with Children podcast will be reviewing No Chicken, No Check. Convinced they can share, Kelly and Bud pull their money together so they can buy a car for themselves, which both want but neither will surrender, for a time alone in the car with their drive-in movie dates. (laughs) 